friends, and welcome back to a very exciting episode of Coffee and Wrestling, a wrestling podcast with your host, Jamie and Mark. So this week, we went a little bit out of our element. Let's be completely honest here. We went extremely out of our element and decided to do a live trivia with our friends over at Four Sides of the Ring this Uh, week. We're not normally the most socially active individuals, so this definitely pulled us out of our... uh, our comfort zone, but it was definitely a blast. Uh, thanks again to Marcus and Nitram for hosting the event. Uh, and then, again, of course, our opponents, Mike from Mouthing Off with Mike, as well as Michael Davis on the Drop the Mic podcast. You can find him on Tobacco Road Sports Radio on YouTube. Um, it was really a good time. Not to give any spoilers. Um, oh, they, we got whooped. We I got mean, whooped. I'm not going to lie. We wrestling got, it trivia was a, is not my forte. Um, being on a, a live stream with other people is not really my forte either. But Especially you get to the see technical difficulties we experienced. Uh, yeah, in you but. get to see some of our, our actual well, the two of us interacting with other people, acting an absolute fool. I'm sitting in my PJs. Um, yeah. So if you want to watch that, Four Sides of the Ring podcast actually posted it on their YouTube. It should also, be up you the can same day as this episode. Uh, correct. You also can find Mouthing Off with Mike is also on YouTube as YouTube, well. YouTube, so. Spotify, the whole nine, same thing with Drop the Mic Podcast. Um, again, thank you thank you so much to those guys. Yeah, Martin and Marcus, you're awesome. That was uh, so much fun. Unfortunately, we're not going to advance forward. However, you know, good luck to Mouthing Off with Mike and uh, Drop, Drop the Mic Podcast. Yeah, Mike continuing squared. on. Hopefully they win. It's Best hockey rules here in this house. If you beat us, then we're rooting for you to get the championship. Exactly. And there is a real belt, so go on there, <laughs> check them out. They're great guys. Uh, definitely excited to see more activity in the wrestling podcast community and we're definitely excited to see it again yeah, the hopefully, next time they come through. Hopefully we'll do it again. Well, hopefully we'll get we'll that belt next time. We'll be trivia. a little bit more prepared. If anybody on uh, X or any type of social media YouTube wants to reach out and do something else, maybe even not trivia adjacent, you want to get collab. up together, we've collab. Got, Martin said something about uh, him thinking Batista's mid. He's got a hot uh, take about it. I'm uh, interested. He's more than willing to, to explain <laughs> his position, and we are definitely going to have to have him on the show to explain what he's talking about, because whether you agree with him or not, he's got to have some good points. Absolutely. You don't say something like that absolutely. Without, without something something hot on your mind. So what was absolutely crazy about the entire thing is, you know, weeks in advance, obviously, uh, the guys from Four Sides of the Ring got a hold of us to plan when we were going to do all this trivia. Uh, unbeknownst to us, it was actually the same night as the WWE press conference which was absolutely insane because we all had to get together and be like push this back we had to push back recording a half an hour strictly just so we could all we have to watch this we have to watch this so it ended up it was actually for a thursday night wwe product that doesn't normally have anything on a thursday night on peacock on peacock it was really well put together i mean obviously wwe is well versed in putting over the top absolutely they had cm punk and biggie on commentary which was fun love seeing biggie back i'm really hoping this is an indicator that we might see biggie back in active competition in the wwe um but you know with wwe joining forces with ufc and becoming under tko endeavor holdings you know they bring a different dynamic to the sports entertainment aspect of wwe and having stuff like this to where you have your press conferences it makes these fights feel like a like a big deal and they've done a great job and this was no exception to that rule they did a great job pushing the the handful of events that will be happening at mania slash uh Elimination Chamber. Chamber. Uh, and now everything has live this big promos, feel. basically. Um, it was fun. But I think the biggest takeaway from this, and what everybody's talking about still for the second week in, the, in a row, The Rock, The Bloodline, and Cody Rhodes all came to a head 
I, I, I know you were very skeptical about the whole rock Roman Cody thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I was, I, I've been trying to be a little bit on the positive side of this is, this isn't over They're They're going to add more to this. Sure. And again, not to tout, toot my own horn, but I was correct. And I think Thursday was, <laughs> I think Thursday w- okay. was, was an amazing like way to bring this all together whether you believe it, it was, was different yeah. it was because they had this planned all along or if this was some in backtracking response to the hashtag yeah. we want cody personally i think this was 90 10 of that 90 okay. percent of its plan but i think 10 percent of that quote because a lot of people are comparing this to brian danielson or daniel bryan uh back when he had no match and, P- and fans demanded it and wwe finally listened and he ended up winning the title it, it's reminiscent uh, Randy of Orton that. And Batista, it, that right, was fun. right. It's reminiscent of that. I don't feel like it has the same life to it because I feel like the WWE had a feeling that this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do feel like they organically let the fans really turn on WWE in yeah. order to like push this forward. And I think WWE. Well, I think just that's important went, well, to listen. Perfect. You yeah. know, I think that is very important to listen to what the fans want. I mean, you want this right. to sell. You want this to be over. You want Cody Rhodes to be the new face of the WWE. Mm-hmm. Put him in a situation where people are begging for it. And obviously they listen because sure. they've just developed a deal with, with uh, Twitter X uh, social media to where they're going to have uh, WWE Speed, which are going to be five minutes or less matches that I'm assuming will be featured on Twitter X uh exclusively it would make sense brings a lot of attention to the social media platform brings a lot of attention to wwe so obviously their social media awareness is kind of cool as like daft is what most people expect yeah what i think is really neat about something like that is the first thing i thought was how do you have a five minute match but you really can like it's not about who wins or loses it's a matter of just putting a couple good moves right. in there and just giving it your all for five minutes and this is being able to showcase wrestling to perhaps a group of people that have never seen anything before. Right. And if you see something like if I, if, yeah, if a I'm, Joaquin Wilde where he does that that spot on NXT where he went springboarding oh, sure, off the ropes sure. and you put that in this this situation where it's really fast, it's easy to keep up with, everybody's pretty much got two, three minutes where they're kind of you know, getting ready to do something right. and they're just wasting some time. So this could be a really good thing to open up a platform in, people haven't seen it before. And every once in a while you plop in one of those top end superstars you got and it oh, brings yeah. people to that to that platform. You're like, oh well I'm gonna check this out. I'm gonna follow WWE speed on X or whatever sure. end up being. You have Logan um, Paul do it, come in and squash match, do a couple moves and everybody shares it right, on social right. media. But I feel like this ties into kind of the overall scope of this Roman Cody and Rock, you know, t- escapade to where a lot of people have been upset because The Rock has come in, a legend, a, a man that has done it all in the WWE. He's won the tag titles, Intercontinental. He's won the champ, the World Championship. He's you know he's done everything in the WWE. Sure. P- quite possibly one of the biggest names to ever come out of the Attitude Era. Oh yeah, if not absolutely. Just WWE the, in general. The biggest. Um, but he comes in and steals the spot of an, a young up and coming, not an up and coming, but a young superstar that could be the sure. potential face. Uh, and they listen to the fans. The fans are like, this is bullshit. We want Cody. We want what we want. We don't want Rock and Roman. Yeah. Well, at the press conference, they definitely sold it. They showed the picture. Right. It's Rock Roman. That tree. Uh, By the way. Yeah. We need a moment. If you have an issue with finding out what the tree looked like, uh, with the exception of two things on the tree, if you go on a Wikipedia page, for the the family it'll actually show you the entire tree easy to read yeah so instead of That's trying to squint of that picture that somebody took a screenshot on uh wwe you know tv yeah and we that we did that for like what 20 minutes we stared at that thing trying to like decipher we got the, the majority of it because there's a lot of asterisks and like when you there's really look through there's it definitely a handful it uh, honestly i think kind of 
uh, made it less justifiable as how Rock and Roman are related so by I, showing said family tree. Right. There's like a blood oath. There's uh, like friends of the family are yes. included in there. That's how Jimmy uh, Stuka is yeah, Tamina on the is in there. Nia Jax tree. is in there. So there's a lot of like, honestly, like stepbrother, stepfathers, stepgrandfathers. Like, yeah. It, it's a lot of the branches do not connect. Right. They don't. They don't. Um <laughs> And honestly, I mean, you could always go back to those branches not connecting, being a point of contention between Roman and Rock as to, well, who deserves to be, you know, the tribal chief or who deserves sure. to be. Because if you look at it, we'll break it down really easy. Uh, split it in half. You've got the Rock's family. You've got Roman's family. They're two separate fa bloodline families, but right. they've got a blood oath between each other. Correct. So who within the over-encompassing family tree of the bloodline, which consists of two families, who deserves, you know, the title the head of the table, the, oh, sure. the tribal chief. So I mean, you could always go back to that. Based off just the family tree, clearly Roman because mm -hmm. his family By legit blood. does have the Usos. Right. Um, That's why they don't have the same last names. It's it's the Anoi yeah. family and you have the Mayavia family. Mm -hmm. They're two separate two families. Two separate families. Um, so yeah, you really want to break it down. Roman belongs at the head of the table. The Roke, the Roke, the Rock is, I guess, more regarded as a, a, a higher warrior in the bloodline because he's done more than Roman, yeah. but he's also older and been around a lot longer. Um, but a lot of people have taken issue with, back to my original point, we're getting so sidetracked with the bloodline, we could do a whole podcast on just oh, the bloodline. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, the social media aspect of it, uh, they listened and now the fans are upset that a young talent is being taken over by an individual that just has no right Sure. To just walk in and say, well, this is my belt. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, this, this is, is my, my match. show. Yeah. Um, and of course, we had all the reports. He's he's obviously the board member now. Uh, the reports were coming out that maybe he was trying to use his his political power in within the company right. to get not only a match at Mania to quote unquote save Mania, That's but so to crazy. also win the title. Yeah. Uh, and That's now. so insane to actually say. And now seeing the press conference, <laughs> I can't deny that this has been the plan all along. Like you can't really it fur I, you, it further instilled in your head that this is exactly how it's supposed to be. One hundred percent. The Rock is a company man. The Rock is a man that knows what is good for business. Yeah, and he knows that maybe tarnishing his good guy image in the WWE universe uh -huh. is going to be the best for the company he is now invested in. Right. You know what I mean. And a good position like this and we we did this with you know the McMahons back in the 90s there was the authority there was uh -huh. you know, the corporation yeah the, the the powers to be the big bad corporate guys are trying to like take out the the blue collar workers the guys well, isn't that are this working the theme hard. in wrestling right now that's what i mean <laughs> and i think that's what they did was they built they found an opportunity that the rock could come back yeah and they said well wait a minute we can not only use the rock and and put him in a match at wrestlemania sure but we could use the rock to further push yeah both yeah. roman and cody and i think this was just an amalgamation i don't think it was supposed to exactly turn out this way the road trip from going point a to point b didn't quite go the way you yeah, wanted to i have to agree with that detours yeah but i think the 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 destination was this okay roman and cody at okay. mania i think the pathway to get here was just altered yeah because it makes more sense to have it like this you push your younger talent after a a tried and true uh -huh. fan favorite comes in and you have him turn on the fans the number one people that push for this man to always be in sure, matches he's yeah. looking at the crowd and saying you guys are cody crybabies he's you, the people's champ 
Right. I mean, <laughs> he's the champion for the people, right? It. It's just like no. Roman. It's just no. like Roman. He has been that good. The Rock has been that good his entire sure. career. So when he shows up, you think, oh, it doesn't matter who he's going to face. The Rock either is going to win or has a really good chance at winning, even oh, if it's sure. Roman Reigns. Or it's going to be a good match no matter what. Right. It's The Rock. But now you have Cody Rhodes, who's can, in contention with uh-huh. The Rock after he smacked the shit out of Cody yeah, Rhodes. Yeah, yeah. And now you have the capability to elevate Cody above The Rock to then go up against sure. the Tribal Chief. So you take out the other individual that is vying for that that. Ahead of the table spot, uh-huh. you take him out and say, "No, this is my belt. This is my spot." It's a. I'm telling you, this is the, this is going to be so good come Mania, as long as they don't have Cody lose. Yeah, right. As long as they do, like, I don't know. This is WWE. Anything For is sure. possible, but as long as Cody doesn't doesn't lose, this will <laughs> no all play promises. out, and everybody will be very very happy about it. I think it would have been interesting, and I think uh, overall, the Rock's heel angle is totally just them throwing in an idea and trying to like justify why they're doing things, right? Because I think if they were going to do that from the beginning, they should have have Rock come out from the beginning being heel. When Cody came out, you know, to say something to Roman mm-hmm. when it was after post um, Royal Rumble. It should have been Cody's music that hit and him getting ready to say it. Then The Rock's music's hit and he just pushes Cody out of the side and he just like ignores him from the beginning. That would have, I guess, shown that The Rock was I think in they that, did that heel persona. I, I think they did they, that on purpose though. Yeah, but it didn't settle well. Like just with me personally. Okay. I'm, I'm just speaking for myself. I don't speak for Coffee and Wrestling Podcast. I'm just speaking for myself. That would have been a little bit more understandable as to how this all turned around. Right. Because it just made Cody look bad, which doesn't necessarily mean that wouldn't make Cody look bad, too, but would have established more of the heel situation. Those two hugged in the ring. But if you noticed, Cody wasn't exactly the most enthusiastic. And I think that's the laurels they were leaning on was the idea that the hero of the story has no choice but to step out of the way because The Rock shows up. Yeah, but then a week later, Triple H is like, let me tell you something. Because somewhere deep down, Cody grabbed it doesn't his matter what you pulled say. him up and said, well, that w- yeah, I, yeah, I think that's what it was. Is he, Cody was finally like, you know what? I've been shit on the entire time I've been in WWE. I have done everything everybody could ever ask me. I, mean, I have won every match that he, has been he put did in the same thing in AEW. I mean, I feel like that's all he ever got in AEW but was the only difference shit is he on. Wasn't, uh, he wasn't in a place of power. So now he has that capability. In AEW? It, no, no, in WWE. Oh, oh, oh. I was like, he definitely had but power there. But that's the difference. He has now <laughs> fought as a normal blue collar guy. Sure, from sure. From the bottom to the top. And yeah. now he gets to the top. And somebody goes, yeah, but it's my turn, Cody. Right. And Cody finally picked up his, his I'm, proverbial. I'm, I'm like happy for him, you know. His, his nightmares out of his shorts. Sure. And walked out there and said, nah, I won this. I earned this. Sure. Give me what's due. Yeah. I didn't think he was going to do it. I didn't. And I think that's why they, they did it like this. Mm-hmm. So you didn't think Cody was going to really disrespect The Rock's wishes yeah. and say, nah, dude, this is my time to yeah. shine. But deservably so. 100%. Again, not only did he win this year, he won last year's Royal Rumble. And yeah, I, I and you're and like of I course said, you are building it. up your new face of the company. Yeah. It's already Rock's old face on, on the news reels <laughs> that, that obviously the, the Rock's not going to be around for for very long. Mm-hmm. Roman is trying to be on his way out to a much lighter, if not at all, schedule. So yeah, he can go do movies, absolutely. which is understandable. He's a big enough star. He's a good looking guy. He's got that action movie like look to him. I'm sure in of 10 course. years, he's going to be in the same type of John Cena movies where he's like a stepdad taking care of three kids in a kid's <laughs> movie on a road trip. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, but right now is a great time to give that spot to Cody. So you have 
just so much to build yeah, with him. Yeah, totally. Like he's, he's white hot with the fans. It's perfect. It really would be a perfect end to, end to the story. Okay, so well, before we say that that is the end of the story, let's hypothesize that. Is, it pot- is there a potential for The Rock to be in this match as well? I toyed with the idea. I made the joke a couple weeks ago when I said something to this was going to happen, that in the end it was going to be Rock, Roman, and Cody Rhodes yeah. in a triple threat. I said that 100% as a joking yeah. idea. It was just kind of to get a rile out of people, or I'm sorry, a rise out of people. Of course. Um, at this point, I think anything is on the table. I think that match is not going to be the best for what I was just talking about, about Cody's story and the uh-huh. whole two-year escapade that we're, we've right. been on. Um, I think it's something WWE would do. Yeah, and it feels like this isn't the end of the match. Like we've discussed this a little bit, you know, behind the podcast, but the the card, the the actual match card that they put together, it just felt very sloppily thrown together. They just threw the rock out, right. and threw Cody in, so right. it just doesn't feel like that's like the official match. Like that, there's going I, to be something else to this than just I have a hard time Cody versus Roman, and I have a hard time believing that the Rock's done all this, showed up, uh, been around. And not and he's going to back on, off. He's like, not going to be on any card. He won't yeah. be on Chamber. He won't be on Mania. Right. I have a hard time believing that. But at the same time, I also have a hard time believing they're going to do a three way with it. With yeah. Them. I like a really I, do. I think it would be nice for Rock to face Cody at Elimination Chamber, that's, and there be a justification like, to all this. Right. Beat me. Right. You want it? You want a shot at I Roman? Think, you want a shot at the head of the table? I've had enough of this. You beat me at Elimination Chamber. Right. You, you get, get my, my spot. spot. Yep, you take it's the it's only 100%. way it then makes you, sense for everybody. You put Cody, put Cody again. Like I talked about earlier, you put Cody over the only other individual right. that should take the spot of head of the table exactly. from Roman Reigns. Exactly. We don't push the Rock out of the picture because we know something might happen with that. But right. having him face the Rock ahead of WrestleMania puts Cody at the top of wrestling. Well, before we get to WrestleMania, we've got to go through Perth, Australia, an elimination chamber. Ah, yes, to decide mommy's home. Who gets to even face anybody at Mania? Right. Uh, we've got the men's elimination chamber match. We've got the women's elimination chamber match. We also have a singles match for the WWE World Women's title. As well as the tag team championships will be defended, which just uh, was determined at SmackDown this week. Yes, it's going to have Judgment Day will be defending their titles against Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate. I'm... Kind of excited about that. Hopefully it'll be a change of uh, pace here and we'll actually see the Judgment Day lose. I wouldn't mind seeing that. I think also, obviously, only four matches have been announced uh, for the Chamber. I think they're probably going to add maybe one or two, Mm -hmm. uh, especially since they're going all the way out to Perth. I honestly can't see how R-Truth doesn't have a match against J.D. McDonough at Chamber. At Chamber? At Chamber. And I think think Judgment Day are going to lose the titles. Okay. And I think R-Truth is going to have something to do with it. Okay. And then you're going to set up, R-Truth will be taking on uh, Damian Priest at Mania. And that's oh, my be, God. <laughs> that's going to be the final straw that wow. gets Damian Priest kicked out of the Judgment Day because R-Truth's okay. going over. So I think this week on Raw, which actually, if you're listening to this, it should be today, um, JD McDonough is facing R-Truth. So you think it's going to lead to... 
I think an we're even not done. bigger match at Elimination Chamber. Yes. Yeah, I don't think this is done either. No, it may not be JD. It may be Dominic. Yeah. But Interesting I, too. I'm sorry not to cut you off. No, but no, no. I read something today that Damian Priest said that he can't cash in his money in the bank because Seth is hurt. Seth is hurt. Therefore, he wouldn't able to be able to wrestle in a match, and he's not on SmackDown, so he can't fight Roman. That is the dumbest excuse I've ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. I think WWE cash in on Gunther. What are you doing? Yeah. I think they gave yeah. it to him expecting more. And then this whole thing with Roman and The Rock happened, mm-hmm. and I think they were like, "Now Truth and Judgment on. Day," and then yeah. yeah, I don't know where this is going. You know what they should do? What's up? Everything I said, it builds up to a match between our Truth and Damian Priest at Judgment Day, or at Judgment Day at WrestleMania. <laughs> that used to be a pay per view for the Money in the Bank contract. Oh, I would love to see that. Truth wins it. Oh yeah, and then brings back the twenty four seven title. Oh, no, don't do that. <laughs> Leave it in the trash where Nikki Cross put it. Um, a couple speculations of what other matches might be on there. Personally, I'm thinking that Kevin Owens and Logan Paul are not going to win their qualifier That's matches and they're going to end up facing each other. A chamber? No way. Yeah. That's a mania match all day. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or gear up to that. I don't see Logan Paul holding on to that belt after WrestleMania. I think they would For be sure. smart to take advantage of him being this huge celebrity on social media, let mm-hmm. him hype up WrestleMania all they want, and then he can drop the belt right. at Mania. Who right. cares? Um, also, kind of looks like it might be Jay Uso versus Gunther, which That's seems kind of crazy, see, but not mad at Chamber. Yeah, I can see that at Chamber. I don't think Gunther's going to drop the title at Chamber uh, if that happens, but I could see Gunther dropping the title at Mania. It's, mm-hmm. He's due for it. Like he's yeah, he's, for sure. He, he needs to go up to the next belt. Right. You know he's what I mean? Said that he he's you know there are no more challengers for him in. You know, the Intercontinental title. Division. Exactly. Um, Jey Uso is kind of a new one because he's never been involved in the, in the uh, that scene yeah. while Gunther's been champion. Putting him, putting a belt on Jey Uso, like a singles belt on Jey Uso would be huge. Right. I, I don't think it's right. I, I don't think the Intercontinental title is, is right for him to have, especially since he's probably going to have a match with his brother at Mania. I'm oh, praying. We've been talking about that for a really long time, the at only, least since last year, that that would be so special to have that match. And I mean, the only way you could do it is if he won the title, he'd have to defend it against his brother. Maybe. Yeah. But I feel, like that take, I feel like that takes away from the caliber of what that match means. And also, I think Gunther needs a better storyline than to just drop it randomly to Jay right. at a at a pay-per-view. There's right. nothing built up. Chad Gable has more storyline with, with Gunther than right, Jay right. would. So that doesn't really make sense. And but still would be a really fun match. And especially Jay's kind of involved with everything else that's going on. Yeah. Jay so just interjects himself. It just feels like this is his introduction to being a single star in WWE. Yeah, kind of like how um, Mark Briscoe went through right, the Continental right. Classic and all that in AEW. But I don't think... Yeah, I think that you're going to have Gunther or Jay at uh, Chamber, but I definitely don't think the title's going to move anymore. Yeah, yeah. But as for the Elimination Chamber matches themselves, uh, in the men's, we have already have Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton have qualified. In the women's, we have got Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch. Uh, this week, we're going to have a bunch of different qualifier matches. Uh, the pay-per-view's on the 24th of this month, so they're running out of time. We're going to have LA Knight taking on Ivar, Bobby Lashley taking on Bronson Reed, uh, Zoe Stark will be taking on Liv Morgan. All of that will be happening on WWE Raw. Uh, and then on SmackDown, we're going to have Miz will be taking on Logan Paul. Kevin Owens will be taking on Dirty Dom. Shotzi and Tiffany Stratton will be going head-to-head. And then Naomi will be taking on Zelina Vega. These are some good women's matches. There are some pretty some good Some really fun matches. matches on here. 
Which it's it's nice to know because it's that you just know the matches are going to be good in general. Yeah, absolutely. And this is going to be the majority of the focus of both Raw and SmackDown this week. So I'm excited for it, and it gets you excited for the pay per view. I mean, right, right. I, yeah, I mean, by what we've said, pretty much, uh, we I guess Lo- or uh, Dirty Dom and uh, Miz are going to get the win. I mean, which... come on, that's fun. That makes sense for an elimination chamber. Cheap heat with Dom. He's already there with the Judgment Day and Mommy. Got to get them booze. And I really think that the Miz being in the chamber kind of aligns up with our truth facing off with Judgment Day and and Very all good that. Point. You know, there's nobody going to be there, so it's only Miz or I'm sorry, it's only our truth that ends up pissing off the entire sure. Judgment Day because his only other partner in the awesome truth and the Miz is, you know, tied up doing the, you know, elimination chamber. Yeah. I and, you know, kind of makes sense to me that, that Dom and Miz are going, KO and there's, Logan Paul aren't going and they're going to continue this rivalry. Of course, there's no way Bronson Reed's going to lose. He's from Australia. Right. And of course, Mommy even says she's a huge fan of his. And He's of course, going that's the back why to they, Perth. They're putting Mommy versus Versus Nia Jax because hometown heroes yeah. gonna get the no win. No way she's losing. No that. chance. Not a chance. Yeah, they don't need that kind of bad heat right now. Well, over in the women's uh, elimination chamber, so far we have Becky and Bianca that have advanced, which that's already setting up to be a fantastic elimination oh, yeah, chamber between the four people that have qualified. Uh, Zoe Stark and Liv Morgan are going against each other. And right. there's absolutely no way Liv Morgan is not going to the elimination chamber. No, that's written I've, all over the wall. I've heard rumors. And this is just pure speculation okay. is that they're the whole plan for this whole thing is going to be Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley at chamber at mania. Yeah. I've heard a little a bit of that too. Between the two of them. Yep. Which is fine, but it definitely seems like Liv's, Liv's definitely going one hundred percent cashing in her chance at elimination chamber. Uh, Shotzi versus Tiffany Stratton, hoping it's going to be Tiffany Stratton. I'm, Shotzi, I'm putting my money on Tiffany. Yeah, um, and then the newly returned Naomi taking on Zelina Vega again. Not seeing Naomi not winning this one, but I'm sure she's going to have an absolutely killer match with Zelina Vega. I could see either Zelina or Naomi going. Mm-hmm. Um, both fill about the same amount of space, and I mean that in like complete good regard towards them uh-huh. they would fill that spot perfectly but i think both of them right now with the lack of momentum they have in wwe would fit that position perfectly. sure with naomi returning that's the only reason i kind of put her over right right selena in that regard because she's which is brand unfortunate new. she's Zelina, back she can I feel show like her stuff just keeps getting pushed to the back burner all the time and she's a real good performer yeah and i think that's another thing that's happening with me chin as well she lost the match against becky or i'm sorry bianca um, which, I, by which, the way, one hell of a match between two of them. I really, it really enjoyed those, it. One of those more squash matches for Bianca. Nah, they let Meechin cook. Great match. Uh, but she seems really frustrated with you know how she's being booked. She said something right. on on Twitter, which well, you know could be could be character. She's been stuffed in with the OC. I mean, what do you expect? The OC's yeah, in their contract. Sure. It says if you're not using us, don't have us there. Yeah, it's not in her contract. And then Zelina Vega's kind of stuck in what's left of LWO. Yeah, Hopefully, we'll be teaming up with Andrade. Again, yeah. like she used to. He which... said something about say, uh, make sure somebody says hello to uh, Zelina, but I think they're on uh, yeah. opposite shows, aren't they? Um, I actually don't re- re- remember. Well, regardless, you know WWE, they'll always just shuffle the shows around just yeah, to make things make more it. sense, which, I mean, I completely understand. I think having people stuck to a certain show and in, in not have the capability of going anywhere else is a little far-fetched for me. Absolutely but, you ridiculous, know. sure. So on the road to WrestleMania, you got to stop at Elimination Chamber. But before we actually get to WrestleMania, we're going to go off... The major highway, go on a country, couple of country roads. We're going to visit North AW. Carolina. We're going to go to North Carolina. AW Revolution is going to be on March 3rd. Um, and it's 
starting to pile up to be one hell of a pay-per-view. I mean, AEW always always goes goes hard with with their pay-per-views. Yeah, and uh, Um, and we're a little little bit biased. AEW Revolution, as we've been to one before, but it it ends up being my favorite pay-per-view out of the year. I really enjoy it, obviously. Uh, Now, unfortunately, we're not going to see the debut of a certain Mercedes Monet. Uh, as they have a big business yes. dynamite in, in Boston, 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 Massachusetts, the TD Garden, <laughs> hometown represent Boston Bruins. Let's go black and gold. Uh, but they're going to have that March 13th, which is the week following. Uh, actually, two weeks. I don't know. A week and a half following Revolution. That's on March 3rd. So 10 days. Uh, however, we might see the debut of Will Ospreay, who is now officially mm-hmm. done with NJPW, as well as another NJPW star, if not the biggest star. just did his final match against uh, Tanahashi. Right. Mr. Uh, President of NJPW. Okada. The Rainmaker. at Revolution. It's really kind of hitting me, seeing him cry, walking to the ring to face Tanahashi uh, just a couple days ago in Japan. I think it really finally hit me as a wrestling fan that, like, this is it. Like, it doesn't mean... This is all speculation. Yeah, he's obviously leaving NJPW, and it doesn't mean he's never able to come back. I mean, come on, he's Okada. He can always come back, especially if he signs with AEW. He can right. always do that because they do Forbidden Door every year. It could happen in a couple months which brings that up, they could do something like which that. Which brings up a good point that when Forbidden Door rolls around, you might have some more, uh, some uh, history from NJPW bleeding into the Forbidden Door. Exactly. But, yeah, we got Okada could be showing up, which more than likely they all, all reports are stating that he, as of right now, is heading towards AEW. Of course, nothing is official until the man himself comes out and says that I have signed with so-and-so, if I've signed at all. Uh, TNA insane. is always an option. He's been featured in TNA anything numerous is an times. Option. Um, I mean, look at Matt Cardona on the indie scene. Like, anything is right. possible. I'm not saying <laughs> Kazuchika Okada is going to go on the indies. He but, could, I mean, anything he is really possible. He, he would sell out. Look at Mustafa Ali. He would sell out all the shows just as fast as Mustafa oh, he would Ali sell out would. Everything. He would sell out I everything. I mean, come on. I, I, honest to God, I think he would sell out less at WWE than he would anywhere else. Yeah. I, just because he's... To the common WWE fan. Yeah, you don't know who Okada is. probably don't is. know who he is. You might have heard of him. You might have seen something about yeah. him every once in a while. But you don't know a lot about him. So I think he would draw. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, and he'd he have some draw. great matches. Don't get me wrong there either. But And he's even expressed he wants to have a WrestleMania moment, which who doesn't in the, wrestle, the wrestling yeah, you know, industry short moment. of Kenny Omega. Um, but... As all reports are pointing to, Fightful Select, Dave Meltzer, every every one of those quote unquote reliable sources have all oh, said sure. that he is the cleaning lady at the hotel from last night. You hey, know? they've got about as much you know weight on this as we do. Uh, <laughs> speculation. But all speculation is saying that he's going to go to AEW. I mean, it all but makes sense. He's appreciated. He's respected. He's worked with a lot of people there. Right. Obviously, Kenny. Obviously, Brian. Obviously, Will, the Young Bucks. Will Young Bucks. I mean, it's what a huge blow for NJPW to, to potentially lose two people like this i mean right. but you're hearing that if mercedes monet is coming to aew that she would still be able to work with njpw so right. it's really not a huge loss in a sense that it doesn't close the door between the two companies and between oh no mercedes I, yeah. having another match okada and will having another match but it was very uh, emotional to see them all you know part with right. njpw yesterday is crazy 
Well, you brought up the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I'd love to talk about the Young Bucks. <laughs> we had Darby <laughs> Allen and Sting ended up winning the tag AEW World Tag Team Championships on Dynamite this past week against Ricky Starks and Big Bill. Uh, it was it went it just was a good as moment. just as expected. Uh, match was really good. Uh, you know, I think we all Amanda understood. Sting's sons look like him. Uh, yeah. Oh man, they really do. It was. <laughs> I really, I believe that everybody knew that Ricky Starks and Big Bill wasn't going to be this legendary tag team championship run. No, I think they, but it lasted longer than I think anybody probably imagined. Right, and that's what this whole thing was slated to do was to, you know, to push both of them as, uh, you know, not just a tag team, but as individuals in, within the company, yeah. which I think it did a I great think it job. Helped Big it Bill adds, a lot. It adds more to their resume. It's not just a bunch of singles. They also have tag team uh, experience as right. champions. I think it was a great run for them, and I think this was a good way to get the belts off of them without making it seem ridiculous yeah as as least of ridiculous as what this could be uh sting and darby ends up getting the win they're celebrating the confetti's going off and then oh my god i cannot get enough of heel young bucks and i'm sorry if you hear this matthew and nicholas i just the best heel turn short of the rock and i think that part of the reason why the rock turned heel was this whole thing (laughs) What an outstanding end to Dynamite. It was incredible. We knew things were about to hit the fan when they walked out in those white suits. I honestly never a good indicator. Never thought of it. I just thought they were they were leaning into because you know it was the MJ moment that walk around in bright white shirts and bright white shoes and bright white pants with a bright white car. You're doing it because you keep it clean because it's gotta be new. It's gotta be clean. One stain on a white outfit. Yeah. It looks like the entire thing is yeah. disgusting. Yeah, look at so these guys with I their thought, shoes, you know? I thought they were leaning into the EVP lifestyle. They're doing jets. They're wearing their high-class stuff, all white. They look sharp. Sure. I had no... <laughs> I never even thought once that the reason why they were wearing white was the reason why that they were wearing white in w, or in wrestling. Yeah, exactly I, like I said. It's an MJFC and Punk moment all so over good. again. They, it, Darby was just absolutely pissing blood uh, and they Sting was too. Completely, he had a nose. Yeah, they completely took advantage of it. White blood all over them. Made well, it a point. Made it a huge point. They they actually went as far as going on social media afterwards, taking photos and saying that they really <laughs> hated what they had to do. It's really hard. showing the remorse that these EVPs yeah, had to put individuals exactly. in their place for this company. But it's what they have to do. It's the best job it ever. And sometimes have you have to do difficult things that you don't want to. Well, you know. They had to do this to make sure that the disrespectful individuals in AEW and on the internet that constantly besmirch yes. the the young bucks's name and don't yes. actually use their their, their god given name. names. I just which that's not their god given. It's name. so good. It is their name. It is their name. His his <laughs> name his middle name is Ron John. You want him to use that middle yeah. name? Is it Matthew? Matthew Matthew Ron, Ron John, John Young Buck. Sure, Young Buck. <laughs> young Buck. What are you, Danhausen? <laughs> I love this. And then the idea that Rampage, because obviously Rampage was recorded after Dynamite, yeah. they came out on Rampage to face another tag team, which they're just running through tag teams. Mm-hmm. They came out in the same bloody outfits right. that they just... As if they were wearing them two days later. It was great. It's awesome. It's really I love good. this. If you don't like this, I don't like you. I love I this angle. Love I it. think it's they them are... leaning into the wrestling community. Yes. So hard. Everything it's so good. that CM Punk made Nipples fun of hard. the Young Bucks for, they're doing. You know, they they literally keep saying like your EVPs. 
like yeah. making sure that everybody EVPs. knows they who even we that are. Yeah, they have the EVP trigger. Like, how good is that? Yeah, how good is that? So I think the only reason they haven't actually announced the match at Revolution, although we know Sting and Darby Allin are fighting at Revolution, is because they they just announced the rankings. So I'm assuming that the Young Bucks have to, like you said, go through these tag teams and build their way up so that they can justify why they're uh, tagging against Sting and Darby. And I think that was the whole ordeal, was they they wanted to make sure that they were – "Quote unquote," not in the spot that you know certain other higher ends end up being in. Yeah, they said that they know. weren't going to put themselves in a spot like you know they could. Right. Uh, we're going to work our way up. You right. know. Right. And as of right now, they are not even in the top five of the contenders. You they got are Ricky not. Starks and mm-hmm. Big Bill who just got taken out. John Moxley and Claudio. Top Flight, Private Party, and FTR. However, the Young Bucks are taking on Top Flight this week. They in are tag action. And they've even come out and said, we know how talented these guys yeah, because are because we, signed them. we hired them. And <laughs> I love we it. gave them the chance. I love it. It's so good. I love it. I hope it's a good opportunity for Top Flight to look really good. And the only reason that they end up losing is because Matthew and Nicholas pull some shisty shit like they are they would clearly never, going to do. <laughs> the EVPs of AEW would okay. never stoop to the levels of an Eddie Kingston. I love it. I wonder what Cody... Or stoop to the levels of the whatever trash hangman teams on you, you, you're ridiculous i wonder what cody rhodes thinks about what the young bucks are doing i guarantee he probably he, loves he it. threw up the, he threw up the young bucks he uh, sure did the, like, when I he won the royal rumble I, he's got to watch the product the product like, of you can't course tell how me, could you not you can't tell me he doesn't at least keep an ear to everything yeah that's going on. he's not watching ricky like his friends are in there like no way the company he he helped develop no yeah, way yeah feel like, however you want to feel but cody rhodes still is very invested in the wrestlers and the company itself just because he's not there it doesn't mean he wishes them harm right right. you know it's like when you sell a car and you see it on the street you're like hey that's my car i'm so glad it's not flipped over in a ditch that's really weird because that's happened multiple times to us though we've seen your old car your mom's old car my mom's old jeep yeah so many times i saw the demise of it as it got smashed (laughs) in the tail end on uh 40 by the way speaking of the internet wrestling community i don't know what jackass is out here calling ishii a jobber i was getting like profusely mad at people but you seeing and the I, card with Orange Cassidy and Ishii saying that Ishii was a jobber. That man and I fight that, that man in the I, ring. We're, we're going thumb wrestling and I'm going to beat your ass. Uh, for this real. Is bullshit. Fight Ishii in the ring and tell me that man's a jobber. Tell me tell me Orange Cassidy <laughs> that Ishii is a jobber. Well, I can tell you after watching the match between the two that neither of them jobbed out. No, it was a great match. Uh, always try to highlight good matches throughout the week. Uh, any of the elimination matches in WWE, they were really, honest to God, every single one of them were great. Oh, I loved them. And then over on AEW, you had Ishii took on Orange Cassidy for the International Championship. Uh, bell to bell, this was a great match. They did the it, strong style throughout the entire match. Yep, sloth style meets strong style. And it really, like, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a mark for Ishii. I'm sorry. I, I, there's... No other two ways around it. I love the Stone Pitbull. Oh, I absolutely agree. But Orange Cassidy, it's just like it doesn't matter who you put him up against. He's able to just adapt to that style, but stay to his own, true to his own style right. with the hands in the pockets. Oh, and it's the, a Damon and, and Goliath kick. all day. Yeah. It really is. you got this this powerhouse, the Stone Pitbull Ishii, and you take on the sloth style king, Orange Cassidy, the scrawny, probably what, 190 pound dude right. soaking wet. You could put him inside of Ishii. Yeah, like, he's I, the, kicking as, as hard as what a newborn baby kicks oh, shins. Yeah. But he's still know? able to get the win. And he the does. way he gets the win, I don't want to spoil clean. it. I, I, but the way he gets the win, it's not a physical win. It's not like he had to beat no. the living hell out. No, of him. I don't think. I don't think they're done. 
I don't think the two of them are done at all. With Forbidden Door coming up, I think it's coming back up. Well, they've nah. been mentioning. Have you noticed they've been ne- mentioning the New Japan stable chaos a lot? They have. Which I think that's that is Okada, exactly well, what's leading Okada's up to Okada's in chaos. Ishii's yep. in, in chaos. Orange Cassidy. Best Trent, friends. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Best friends are in chaos. Like it. it I think they're going to lead up to something at Forbidden Door, and they're just I think so too. Little seeds. Yep. Uh, Trying to remind people like what group uh, in NJPW that these certain people are in. Right. I think it's going to be Trent is going to have going to break up the best friends and that whole thing. Okay. And turn heel. Did you notice too that also um, the Undisputed Kingdom were talking about how they were also in chaos? I did. I did. And and, and uh, Matt Taven. Let me stop here for a second. Matt Taven called Ishii. A Melvin. A Melvin. He's got a receipt waiting Great for him, too. Great band, terrible insult. Ooh, he's got a receipt coming for him, too. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're definitely teasing something. And then, well, after Ishii's and Orange Cassidy's match, the United Kingdom, the United Kingdom. The Undisputed the Kingdom. The Undisputed Kingdom. It's so easy to slip. Rushed in and attacked Orange. Ishii came rushing out, and then Trent well, rushed out with a chair. Ishii doesn't quite rush out, but he got there. Yeah, if you've ever seen <laughs> a, a, like an older pit bull with hip problems... <laughs> That's how Ishii <laughs> runs down the ramp. I don't think he has any pivot points. I think he leans forward and just hopes to God his legs are able to get in front of him fast enough. Now, this is hope to God he never hears me say this yeah, because that man would beat the living hell out of me. But I'm just saying, looks like a, looks like he literally looks like a pit bull with broken hips. Yeah. I mean, Christ, he moves around like Batman with <laughs> yeah. the, the cowl that doesn't move. So you got to move the shoulders to look around. Uh, another match that I was an outstanding match. And again, might be biased. Mark Briscoe. Brody King. Brody King had a little callback to Continental Classic that happened earlier in the year. I mean, what a great match. The two of them, I love them. They have such unique, different styles. Right. This, again, is just pushing Mark Briscoe in that singles uh, platform to where he has a lot to show. You know the world, and really Brody King has well, been in this trio too, so he's got a lot to show as a singles competitor. It's interesting you say that. I looked it up. Uh, Brody King and Mark Briscoe have faced off a good handful, about twenty or so times, but each one of them was in either a tag or trios match. Okay. There was never a Fair. singles yeah. between either between the two of them. Yeah, they're not so big this singles was the first guys. Singles match. Um, it really got a chance to showcase both of them. I know Brody's had some singles stuff, uh, but like you said, Mark Briscoe is getting his introduction to singles competition. Right. Both he, have a lot to prove, really. He might want to think about choosing some different opponents. Because, <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, he did end up getting the loss against Brody King, but it wasn't the, that wasn't the most devastating thing. It was the aftermath of Julia as she got in yes. and brandished a roofing nail. <laughs> it was huge. Black metal enthusiasts will know what these are. They're yeah, the things you know. that hang off your wrist that are 18 inches or 88 inches long and probably about a quarter inch thick that you drive into wood. Uh, and they absolutely lacerated Mark Briscoe's forehead, mm-hmm. pouring blood. I loved it. Great way to end the match. I loved it. I, I it love that it wasn't even Brody that did it. It was Julia, which yes. is really fun because now people are obviously are hinting at going after people's belts. One of them being, right. although she is not in the top five rankings, Mariah May has mentioned that she would like to go after Julia's belt. So yep, I feel like um, different Julia than her normal opponent last right, year, right. Uh, Julia Hart. At this point, just as dangerous, though. Well, and I think that was really good. That was a good way to do it because this is like the former cheerleader that was with Griff Garrison and um, Brian Pillman Jr. Right. This this 
a hundred pounds, maybe soaking wet girl who is now driving nails into in a she, grown man's forehead. The transformation forehead. that she had was great. Like it's building so good. up into what she is now from she what she was before. And it's funny because you know this is like a cliche. You've got the the preppy blonde haired cheerleader, and now she's turned into the like. Pretty much the goth mommy of she's owning of it though. AEW, you know what I mean. She loves it. She's like, got Sky Blue on her side now. Yep. She's got a tag match against Chris Statlander and Willow. Uh, I believe it's next week they're gonna have. No, I'm sorry. Uh, actually, Willow and Sky Blue match. will be taking on, but I'm sure oh, it's gonna accumulate to a that. tag match. Um, but yeah, I, the the character development that they've really that they've put into Julia has been amazing. They've done it great so that it's been able to breathe really well and that it's been a natural build to what what it's it hasn't been too much all at once it was no because you bits. saw her confidence build as her presence built right. in the house of black right it was a naturally organic thing to where she was in an uncomfortable position playing this character but breaking the fourth wall down she said she really didn't want to be the cheerleader girl anymore right so she was very excited to do something like this with the house of black and like there were moments where you you didn't feel that confidence in her now you feel like she's really owning it and now she's doing stuff like this mm-hmm. she's becoming this very dominant champion she had that awesome hat that was like the tbs championship yeah, all the way to the well, inside I mean, of the brim the hat that was game sick. Ever, she's been killing the hat game especially ever since she's become the champion for a minute which she got them wide brim goth girl hats yeah which shinfo if you did not know this brody king has actually helped her develop her which like, is understandable her gear her persona how she wears her stuff her hats uh to try to help her fit into that you know, House of Black. Right. And if you look, don't know that darker look, I said something about it makes sense. If you don't know, Brody King is the lead singer of a band called God's Hate, uh, really heavy in the hardcore scene, <laughs> really heavy in the dark and spoopy scene. Um, if you look into anything of his, uh, Colin, the guy who makes the music for House of Black, Julia, uh, he pr- he produces a lot of stuff with in the hardcore scene. So it, it, Brody King's able to take all of this knowledge that he's developed in an entirely different niche of, of group mm-hmm. of individuals. Uh, and ha- it, actually, the reason why we end up watch- coming back and watching wrestling was Andy Williams, or The Butcher, who's also in the hardcore scene, used to be in Every Time I Die, yada right. yada. We've heard us talk about him before. They're involved in that same scene uh, but Brody King was able to take all of that and inject it into the House of Black. Another individual, Malachi Black, is involved with all that as well. Very much so. Um, so they've uh, really been able to flesh this out to where it really feels like that if an individual that has no idea about professional wrestling looks at the House of Black and they understand Brody King's side of his musical ventures, they right. can look at this and go, this feels legitimate. This and it's feels cohesive. Like, right. Everything makes sense. It it's does. not just a bunch of random vampire themed wrestlers <laughs> yeah, thrown right? in with the brood. <laughs> and I'm not saying anything bad about the brood. No, it's just a different take, you know? you know. If you looked at it from that side of of the alternative lifestyle and looked at it, it looks forced. Yeah. Whereas oh, the for House sure. of Black the the development of Julia even uh, Buddy I, I was actually gonna say this Buddy too Murphy. well Buddy Matthews, is, Buddy Matthews is who he is in AW um he also although he is engaged to Rhea Ripley this still blows my mind is like not in that scene as far as like not it's listening not to metal and right. and understanding it so I guess when he first came in with ideas of joining the House of Black he was he was hesitant. coming to Brody with like new metal ideas if you know anything about music. And 
and Brody kind of had to steer him more towards like no like black black metal crust and, yeah death. not new metal it's right. a completely different thing so it's just yeah it's crazy by the way what if you want to hear us develop. ramble about music let us know because I swear to God Jamie and I could sit here especially you're talking about oh yeah punk uh, rock metal <laughs> you know we're one thousand percent into yeah. that yeah deathcore if you're talking about any of the cores we can sit here and talk about that all day so if you want to talk to us at CAW Wrestling Pod. Pod or hit me at Gunk Dudley her at at a bacon party that was a terrible social media plug but. yeah happy to talk to you about that as well uh, but yeah the the match back to our original point Mark Briscoe Brody King he great really match. took one he really uh, took one for the team on and this I don't one. think we're done with this one either absolutely not two absolutely Ring of Honor not. originals do have they do have a history with each other and I could see this developing into one hell of a single rivalry and God Brody's had some of the best rivalries. We're still talking about that one with Darby Allen to this day. Oh, honest to God, some of his matches with Darby has been his best in AEW. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So just in a couple weeks, we're getting ready, like I said, to head out to Revolution uh, in Greensboro, North Carolina. North Carolina? Yes. North Carolina. North Carolina. I did that joke. Uh, as we said before, Orange Cassidy is taking on Roderick Strong for the international title. Uh, also, Eddie Kingston calling out Brian Danielson. Uh, for the Continental Championship. That one? I can't believe that. I, uh, we just talked about uh, NJPW and all that happening. Right. Zack Sabre Jr. just took on oh, just Brian Danielson for the second so time. Uh, watch that and then tell me you think Eddie is making a good decision by asking or, Brian to fight say, him. What, if he's got a like, chance. Why would you do that? But this is so important he's for Eddie's career. Twice. He's beaten him twice. Yeah, three times. Like, this is going to be, this this is be huge. technical, I guess, rubber match non-rubber match whatever you want to call yeah. it but I, either way it's got me excited for it oh yeah absolutely me too so so far there's only one women's match announced although like i said a, a lot of people are looking at uh julia hart's tbs championship the women's world championship is on the line i almost don't even want diana prazo to even look at this belt because tony storm is doing such a good job Oh, defending the Women's Storm. World Championship. And I, I've been overcritical I about Tony Storm over the years. I love it. I know, right? But ever since she's done this whole black and white the movie timeless. star, timeless Tony Storm, it's been great. Yep. It's, it's got me sunk in. I'm down. I'm in it. Let's do it. I love it. Uh, on the flip side of that, I'm really loving Deanna Perrazzo. I'm liking how they've booked her to actually win matches beforehand. However, I'm afraid that this is going to go the same route that Taya Valkyrie might have gone to where she got like pushed and pushed and pushed and then came up short and then just never recovered. Then you don't know what to do. And then got but pushed to Ring of Honor. It's too soon for Tony to lose this belt and as well. And that's kind of what I'm afraid of is it, it was the same thing with Jade Cargill. It wasn't the right time for Jade, so sure she was anybody leaving. Anybody but... that lost to Taya, or I'm sorry, that lost to Jade, like Taya did, just got swept under the rug. Sure, you know, and it was just I'm afraid that Deanna might do that if they don't let her win, or don't do it right, or don't you know? do it right. Um, the only thing that I could see happening in order to have Deanna get the loss, but still have look the strong, momentum, yeah. Uh, Obviously, Mariah May is there. Yes, uh, and this has got to be Mariah May building or building Mariah May up into a rivalry with Tony Storm. I mean, clearly. So I somehow maybe go that direction. That's fair. If you don't know anything about what's going on with Tony Storm and Mariah May, there is a 
Time Warner classic movie, and God, I cannot remember it for the life of me, but that basically this whole timeless Tony Storm and even Luther and Mariah May play a part in this story They're as well. They're all characters in the movie. They're all characters in the movie, and in the long run, skip ahead if you don't want to hear the, the spoilers, basically what happens is that Timeless Tony Storm is supposed to always be victorious. She's supposed a to kind of a fighting champion, um, kind of pushing Mariah May off to the side as she is now. And then eventually, at one point, for whatever reason, uh, Tony Storm will not be able to perform, and Luther will look at Mariah May and say, "Well, I mean, you know, you're here, so why don't you do it?" We need somebody to fill her shoes. Yes, uh, potentially her winning the belt, something happening, so she wins maybe some type of qualifier to win the belt, right. and go against Tony. I don't really almost, know, almost but that's like kind of how the story, story is. You know, was uh, you know wrong person, right place. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then, then exactly. it all accumulates to where you start looking at Mariah May or that individual as well maybe she's better than tony storm and tony storm gets right. a little bit distraught and it all right formulates into a match between tony storm and mariah may which um, would be incredible yeah absolutely I, incredible both of these women are obviously have have wrestled in japan if you haven't been sold on tony storm as a character I guess I can kind of understand that, right. but if you're not sold on Tony Storm after seeing her wrestle, the last couple of matches that she's had, the match with Queen Amanada was really good. I can't remember who else she fought. I do, but the I, technical aspect of like she's fighting like she is a wrestler of that time. Well, I was gonna say you know? I, I love how she's able to mimic the stylings of women's wrestlers in the 50s and 60s and 70s. Even to men's, where it was, you know? it was more of a stand and. Collar and uh, you know collar and elbow lockups. Yeah, and it was hammer locks. It was you know headlocks. It was simple stuff. Mm -hmm. Some you know you know resting holds. It, it's very reminiscent of that old timey wrestling. Um, so I love how she does that. Yep. She's got the submissions. The submissions. I just the character's great. <laughs> the character's great. Uh, and Mariah May has adored Tony Storm. In real life. It, yeah, it's actually true. It's the reason why she went to stardom. It's the reason why she looks and talks and acts yeah, the way she does. Yeah, wanted to come to so, AEW. Right, she wanted to come to AEW to follow somebody that she's looked up to, uh, especially somebody that isn't an American professional wrestler, mm -hmm. especially a woman professional wrestler. Sure. So she's really tried to follow in Tony Storm's footsteps, and now it's coming to this, and it's such a good story of... A young, inspired individual looking at her hero and then finally meeting your hero. And you know what they always say, never meet, meet your, your heroes hero. because they're all pieces of shit. Well, she will give Mariah. She will, yeah, we didn't get to meet him, but yeah. Uh, you, she didn't get the opportunity for Tony Storm to even watch her matches yet. Like, she's, And that's the thing. She's getting the snub from her. Uh, yeah. So she doesn't even realize really how good Mariah May is. You know, that's going to be something that's going to definitely bite Tony Storm in the ass. I hope so, because I really want to see those two on, like, a big stage. Oh, yeah. Just throwing chops. Oh, man. The the Japanese women wrestling is just about to take off in AEW. Megan I, Bain's coming back. Ooh, Megan Bain. She is a big, big woman, and I don't mean that in the, the, yeah. the width. I mean that in the height. Woman Very is an Amazonian woman, strong. and she will destroy everybody. Red Velvet will be eaten. Kira Hogan will be snacked on. It's she is a monster. I can't. I like the women's division. Julia Hart needs. Where's to beef Britt up. Baker? 
by the way. You we know, have she's not posting a lot like she's going to be like she's going to be coming back. And oh, my God, where is Jamie Hayter? Like Jamie Hayter is going to fall back in such a perfect style for her wrestling right. when she comes back with all these other women that they've incorporated since she's been gone. Like, I can't wait till Jamie Hayter gets an opportunity I mean, I mean, to get her maybe back. It's, maybe it's because AEW just hasn't toured anywhere near where Jamie Hayter's staying right now. You might have to go over the pond in order for Jamie Hayter to show up. Mm. Like all in? Maybe. I mean, That's... they got big business coming up, so they can finally do what people were speculating last year, but both women were hurt was that it was supposed to be Jamie Hayter versus uh, Mercedes Monet. That's the supposed rumor going around for all in Wow, wow, wow. Could you imagine? Like that's, I'm down. That's big. That's big. But they're talking about doing another arena show, like a stadium right. show, uh, this year. So maybe it's Forbidden Door, but just the idea that these huge pay-per-views are coming into fruition and we're getting these people, like you said, Okada, uh, Will Ospreay. Wow. Absolutely insane. Well, I mean, that might also play into the idea that Tony Khan has teased a streaming service for AEW. Just this week, he was uh, interviewed by Denise Salcedo, and he said a couple of interesting things about a possible streaming service for AEW, Turner Broadcasting Station, whatever it is. Uh, and I've got the quote here. It says, quote, AEW, we do not have a streaming platform that we are with domestically right now. It's something the wrestling fans have been calling for. We have the library. We have the content. And we also produce great new content, including the great pay-per-view events. There's a ton of opportunity in the market and clearly a demand for it. Seeing what's happening in the industry right now, seeing other big streaming deals happening in wrestling, i.e. the Netflix deal with WWE, in particular, for AEW, the stage is set for us to have a great media rights this year. By the end of the year, we'll know the home for AEW going forward, end quote. So and great. So both are going to be having answers between AEW and WWE as far right. as some type of streaming platform. That's great for and us, Tony the fans. Khan, or I, I believe Tony Khan, I might be wrong, my, my quoting here, uh, somebody has stated that the media rights for AEW has, it will be at an end here at the end of 2024. Okay. So that kind of lines up with... A possible streaming service. We, I think we mentioned it last week. ESPN. Great. I love it. Uh, and TBS, I believe it was. Uh, or I'm sorry, Warner Brothers ended up announcing something about news about a streaming platform. Uh, so that could be under the umbrella of that, which honestly I'm excited for because I'm so tired of having to use cable networks to watch because we don't have cable here at the house, so trying to watch it, you have to sign in, and it, c it kicks it's you out all the time. It's frustrating. Bleacher Report is unstable. There's been times where we've had to buy our pay-per-views twice. Well, I'm just there's talking been about times, TV. Yeah, but just Bleacher Report in general, there's been times where we try to log in. It just doesn't work. So if you can have something where your uh, pay-per-views and your past events and everything are all together, right. it just makes it so much easier, and they've shown that they can do it. Look at ROH. They have the framework with uh, Honor Club. Uh, it's very easy to navigate. The collections are put very together. Very easy to navigate. Uh, it's all well organized. Mm -hmm. um, that's one criticism we had about NJPW World is the content on it is very difficult to navigate. You can find your way around it, especially if you're constantly yeah, going on there. Yeah, it's but not if really you're... categorized. Like if you're familiar with like, right. Netflix, where it's going to have a category for you to find this and stuff. Then you click on that and subcategories. This right. is just kind of thrown in there chronologically. Exactly. Um, so AEW definitely does have the capability to set something up like this, like or like Tony Khan said, they have the catalog. Uh, in this day and age, everything is recorded. They also have everything ROH dating all the way back, I think, to early two thousands. Right. For all of their content, 
Um, Why not put it together? Why not have this available to fans? Right. And you already have that library. You have already have the content. Yeah. AEW, Ring of Honor. Um, there's, of course, rumors that Stardom might possibly be up for sale or Tony Khan has already bought Stardom. I don't know anything about that. I haven't looked at any of it right now. Okay. Right now. If you've read anything, I'm thinking that's definitely a no. It's probably a no. Okay. See, that's how little I know <laughs> about that Unfortunately right so. I've been quite busy this week. Unfortunately I haven't had a chance to read so. any of the rumor mills. Yeah. Um, but yeah, lots of movement here in AEW. Uh, well, the only other match aside from the main event of Revolution, and we will talk about that in just a moment, uh, Christian Cage will be defending his TNT championship at Revolution but against whom has yet to be determined. This is absolutely insane. Like I, I said this a couple podcasts ago. This is Daniel Garcia's year. I cannot oh, yeah, believe it's, it's happening. AW Dynamite this week. Daniel Garcia, Adam Copeland, the winner takes on Christian Cage. Let's be real. It seems like it's probably going to be Adam Copeland, but the way that at Adam has approached this, mm-hmm. um, the way that Christian Cage is and, and the patriarchy and all of this in general, it could definitely go either way as right. to who could win this match to face Christian Cage. But with the history between Cage and Copeland, I'd be almost upset if Daniel Garcia got that spot. Understandable. Not think, right now. I think at the end, Daniel Garcia is going to look great. He's going to be half bleeding on the you know bleeding on the floor, unable to walk. And still dancing. Right. But still looking great. (laughs) (laughs) Now, there could be other matches. I'm sure that'll be added to Revolution. One thing that kind of... Oh, yeah. AEW does not shy away from putting matches 19 matches. We've been there. Couldn't pee the entire time. Kind of looking like it's set up for Brian Cage versus Hook for the FTW Championship, which if you have followed anything with the FTW Championship, that is absolutely amazing to be able to see those two come back. They were original Team FTW members. Yeah, Hook wasn't even wrestling at that time, so to see that run back at Revolution would be really cool. Also, maybe FTR versus um, Blackpool Combat Club. Yep, they came out this week to confront them uh, and instantly went to blows. Didn't even talk anything amongst each other. Eh, No words You got one of your top tag teams against one of your top factions. Uh, That's definitely going to be a fan favorite if they put that for For Revolution. Uh, But the... Definite main oh event. Oh my god! I for, I who's even going to be this. mad at this? Is coming down to Hangman Adam Page right. versus Swerve Strickland versus Samoa Joe. So please get your popcorn don't ready. Do yourself a disservice and just listen to what we have to say about Dynamite. If you missed it, Hangman versus Swerve. This is the third time that they faced each other. Right. It's not the same match you've seen before, and it's it's crazy to say it's that. Better. Like. It's Hangman? better. This was my favorite Hangman Swerve match. I wow, that's a hot take. That's a I don't hot give a shit if it's take. a hot take. H- Hangman was different in this match, and he definitely is. It's that mustache. Yeah, it's an established heel after what happened. But they did what at first I wasn't sure with my heart could understand. They had a phenomenal match, one of the best matches I've seen this year. But they ended talking about MJF earlier. They gave them the MJF. Adam Cole ending where Swerve went to pin Hangman. Got the one. You got the two. And I'm actually, it was Bryce Remsburg, right? Of course. Yeah. (laughs) But you don't get the three because the time limit. The bell rings. Time limit, 30 minutes. Wasn't sure how to feel about it at first. If you you watch the match, Justin Roberts announces there's five minutes left in the match, but does not make it. He's just kind of (laughs) like... And just continues good, on. Because you're not focused on it, you know, which is important. And when it happened, I'm not going to lie, I was expecting those feelings of 
why are we doing the exact same, same thing right? MJF Same, I was like, why? Why? Especially since this open dynamite was one of the most right. talked about Which matches. Which is important because that's how they did it with MJF and Adam Cole, too. Right. It opened so you weren't thinking about the time limit draw. And then... He picks up, Swerve picks up the mic, says, you know how this goes. <laughs> and he's heated. I've never seen Swerve and so hits, heated. He's this, shaking, like rocking back and forth. And then hits the same line <laughs> that Adam Cole hits on MJF. Five more minutes. And I loved it. And instantly, I went from I hate this to I love this. And I was really honest to God. I was hoping that Adam Page was going to pick up and just say, okay. Like, I really was, and yeah. I figured it'd be five more minutes, and Why not? Like, I don't even know what would happen after that. But he picks up and does the exact same thing and laughs. They do, Tony Schiavone stands up and says, wait a minute. Yeah, because Hangman's like, you didn't beat me, and that was right. the whole thing, was if you beat me, you got to you got to go to Revolution, but you didn't do you it. Didn't you beat didn't me. beat me. And he's, like, maniacally laughing, like, so weird of Hangman. It was a double turn. 100%. You got Swerve went hate face. Immediately. Adam, or Adam Page went heel. Yep, immediately. And I instantly didn't hate it. He went after Swerve. Or he went, I'm sorry, he went after Prince Nana. Hangman Ooh. did at one point. The crowd, like, sucked in all of the air in the entire arena. People were like, <gasps> like you can't touch Nana. Uh, he did. He and did he the did. ultimate heel thing. You and know, Nana. and that was like the established he again heel Nana. turn. Yeah, it was the heel turn and just heel turn of the year. So right there. beautifully well done. Looking forward to a heel hangman. He's so good in that swerves role. progression. Like I said, he's rocking, waiting for hangman to just tell him he's heated. Well, and I think waiting for that answer. Just I, the character development is incredible. And I think that this is a another nod to a similar aspect in wwe where they're listening to the crowd and going okay we have something let's modify our behavior yeah to accommodate for this because exactly. i think the same thing happened with swerve where he's supposed to be this heelish character the bad guy you aren't supposed always, to like him you aren't supposed to like him right but everybody loves him and honestly i really believe that nana had something to do with that because he just he captivated a crowd was a fan favorite. Right. And you knew when Nana was out there, Swerve was out there. Swerve right. Swerve has that swagger. He has the capability. And he he does what he says he's going to do almost every single time. He does. And I think it unnaturally turned him from a heel to a face. And I think AEW right. just went, okay, it's the guy this you, works. You have to love him. All right. Well, with everything we've just talked about, who do you think is going to win? Between that one, I was just gonna say this is gonna be such a hard match to predict. Like, I mean, we got a couple weeks till Revolution, so we got some time. Okay, I think Samoa Joe has done a great job being the champ. He's a right. dominant force. I love Samoa Joe finally getting like I this agree. big push aside from in TNA. He's a great champion. Love it. And could see he him could continue stay... going forward as the champion. Exactly, and it would be perfect. Hangman for me never really got the love appreciation that I think right. even I didn't give him when he was the AEW world champion. He was a I different hangman back he then. He was a completely different person back then when he won it from Kenny. I think him having another opportunity to run that back would be great. But right. me personally, I have such high hopes and forever have just been saying that it would be so good to have Swerve be that guy. Right. And this would be such a great time. Like it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel unnatural. And it, wouldn't feel weird for Joe to kind of be like a transitional champion 
because you yeah, can have him. I wouldn't call him a transitional champion, yeah. but I understand what you're saying. You no, know, he didn't really have like a super long reign if it ends here at Revolution, right. but I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, he's already done great things in ROH and he can potentially win another belt. He can have a rivalry with even Swerve or somebody else that has a, a, a championship. Right. Imagine the rivalry he could have with Eddie Kingston trying to get his Continental Championship. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, but I, I think it could be Swerve. I think I, this could be the time. I'm inclined to agree with you. Um, again, I could see any of these three men walking away with this belt and seeing a portion of the fan base extremely excited. Yeah, and seeing it works. Another portion <laughs> of the fan base extremely upset. It doesn't matter yeah. who wins that belt. Um, which, which I mean, that's no dud. Some people are going to be happy. Some people are going to be upset. But I, I know that a lot of people are vying for Swerve to get this belt because number one, he's never held world championship gold. Sure. In well, at least he's not singles championship gold in AEW. Um, he has had the world tag team championships with Keith Lee. Right. Uh, obviously, Hangman, like you had said, has already had a run with the AEW world title. Uh, wouldn't hurt him to have a se- have another run. Uh, and then Samoa Joe, has, this is his first world title in AEW. Yeah. Uh, he probably has the best off, odds. Let's be honest. Coming fresh off the Ring of Honor world title that he right. ceremoniously just said, or the TV title, I apologize, that yeah. he gave up. And he even said, like, I'm not worried about them, like, there being two other people in this match. Like, who cares? Right. It's he's Samoa Joe. Joe. He like, he's, he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. So the idea that Samoa Joe isn't really distracted because uh, Swerve and Hangman are going to be very distracted between the two of them. Right. So if he can cash in on the idea that they're, like, really not paying attention. And the fact that he's already champion, like he really does have the benefit of the doubt. Bad thing about a three-way is you don't have to be the one to be pinned to lose it. Well, see, I think the other way around with the with the logic of uh, of two other men being in this that have rivalries against each other, they're going to beat the living hell out of each other, mm-hmm. right? They're going to make sure that they they win, and you know it's going to part of it's going to be fueled by I want to best the other individual. So what better way than Hangman is going to want to pin? Swerve. Swerve is going to want to pin Hangman. Right. Neither one of them are going to try and focus on getting the pin on Samoa Joe because right. they're trying to best the other person. Right. They're, it's an unanswered who's better than who. Mm-hmm. And it's more than who can win that title. If he pins Joe, if somebody pins Joe, that doesn't mean you're better than the other person. No, but that's that not part of the story. Able, you know? were able to get over on Joe. The, right. These two are going to be so focused on one another trying to win on each other that I think Joe might be at a slight disadvantage because they're going to be just trying. That's funny for the same reason. The exact opposite (laughs) of the way though. You know what I mean? Same reason, different outcome. I think that they're going to be so focused on each other. They're going to get rid of Joe as an issue. So those two can resolve their own issues and figure out who's the better wrestler between the two of them. Yeah. Well, we have a long time between now and then. We've got only a, a few weeks until... Actually, I think it's, what, two weeks until Elimination Chamber, uh, three or four weeks until Revolution, and then about a month and a half until WrestleMania. So a lot of things can happen in between. It's always kind of a shitty thing to say at the end of these, but, you know, car is always subject to change. Uh, people can get hurt. Things can change. People can just change their minds. Look at The Rock. Uh but I think that's probably going to do it for this episode. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. If you haven't already, please make sure that you follow us at CAW Wrestling Pod across all social media platforms. And you can follow me on X. I'm at a bacon party and Mark's at Gunk Dudley. Start your week off right with a fresh episode of Coffee and Wrestling, a wrestling podcast posted 4 a.m. every Monday morning. So it is up and ready before you are. Thank you so much for joining us in this episode. We'll see you in the next one.
and mark his gunk. <laughs> <laughs> I say at you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs>